0: We're talking about walking in the Spirit. We're talking about these things because we've had, over the last few months, a number of baptisms into Christ, whether it be a young man that that read us for Scripture this morning, or older brethren who are older than I am. (laughs) I I always feel like I can't say their age. (laughs) Whoever, and I don't know why that is, but anyway. But we have older brethren, everyone in between. Thanks be to God that He brings more and more people into His kingdom. But because of these things, I want us to to look at this phrase, walking in the Spirit, because this is a new way of living, a new way of, of devoting your lives, a new way of thinking, and all this because of what Jesus Christ has done. Imagine from a standpoint of what it's like for those who are in this world who don't have a relationship with God, but they're seeking him. They learn through the gospel message they're deserving of of death. Every one of us deserving of death. And to think that God is allowing, by sending his son into this world, the means by which we can have fellowship with him eternally. Imagine that message of what it's like to know, number one, I deserve not to be with God the one that I'm seeking, but that he is giving me this opportunity of fellowship. See, I don't know what it's like for y'all to think about these things, but for me it was just an amazing concept the very first time I heard the gospel message. To go from one extreme, here I am thinking all is well, to hearing straight from the Bible, Mitch Davis, you are lost in your sin. And then to have a very similar mind of, like what was given in Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, well, what do I do then? And to hear of Jesus Christ and his shed blood, and to know then that I can have fellowship with God, even after all I have been guilty of, it's an amazing thing to think of these things. But you see, for some, whether it's in the first century or today, have this concept, and this goes on, in the name of Christianity today. Well. Since God is saving me from my sins, can I just not continue on in sin, knowing that I have a Savior named Jesus Christ who died for me? And obviously, we as Christians, we know these things are not so. We are told in Romans chapter 6 that this is not so in verse 1. But not everyone knows that when they're coming from this world. See, we have to think, not just the way we have been brought up in far as our parents teaching us the gospel message from the time of being just in diapers. We've got to think along the lines of how people who are in this world coming to the Lord would understand this. And some have that mindset. And they've permeated this mindset into religious uh, factions, if you will. There are various places whereupon the mindset is, I can go ahead and sin, and then I can go confess my sin to someone. Or I can simply go ahead and sin and then confess to my Lord and my God, please forgive me. That's not what we have as a walk in the Lord. That's not what was read for us by Ben this morning. And so we're talking this morning about a mindset of walking in the Spirit, walking in a manner that is pleasing to God, living in such a way that I know this is how God would have me to live. And so a person who comes to know the Lord, having the knowledge of the Lord, knowing the love that He has given to us. And this morning in our Bible class, I made passing reference to Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18, which was Paul's prayer for his brethren at Ephesus to have this very knowledge of the Lord, that at, that in turn would lead us to walk in Him. By the love that is shown us, that very same love is what I'm going to give to Him. That's a very difficult mindset. You see, when I was a babe in Christ, here's the way I thought. I obeyed the gospel because that passage that was given to me that morning was from Luke 16. And I read of that rich man in the place that was in Hades, And that was enough fear in me to say that's not where I want to be. And I went for years as a babe in Christ living that way. Not so much as being with God in heaven. I just didn't want to be in hell with Satan. Anyone ever thought that way? Am I the only one? Because that's the way I lived for the first few years in the Lord. This is not what God has for us in mind. That's the result of his wrath, no doubt. But he wants us to have fellowship with him. He wants us to walk in him, to abide in him, to have all the blessings that are in him. And so these are the things that we're looking at in Romans chapter 8. And what I want us to realize, just as Paul is outlining in those first five verses, and really the thought continues on throughout this chapter in Romans chapter 8, but I want you to note what he's saying. He says in verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Well, why is that? How is it that Jesus Christ and being in Jesus Christ means there's no condemnation for Mitch Davis? Especially when I might have the mindset of, well, if Jesus Christ died for my sins, why not just continue in sin because he's going to forgive me? Isn't that why he came into this world? That's the mindset some might have. We're told in chapter 7, verses 24 and 25, and this is what is said in the tone. For what he's saying in these verses. But this is one of the reasons why there's no condemnation to those in Christ Jesus. Remember in chapter 7, Paul is saying, you know, the things that I want to do that are pleasing to you, God, I don't practice those things. And you know those things that I agree with you that are sinful and I hate those things? I do them. He says in verse 24, Romans chapter 7, A wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I mean, without Christ, if everything were up to me, even though I know the law is good, I know the law is spiritual, and I hate those things that are sinful because the law taught me those things are sinful, I'm still wretched. I'm miserable because I don't do those things that I want to do. And I do those things that I hate. This is the Apostle Paul saying this. Any of us would dare say we are better in a spiritual walk than the Apostle? Because, man, I see his life, and I I wish I was a fraction of the man that he was. He is talking about the fact that without the Lord, we are miserable. There's not one of us in this room here, let alone in this world, that was so good that we could be with God without the blood of Jesus. And that is why he declares himself, oh, wretched man that I am. It's not like, you know, I'm good, but I sin from time to time. Yeah, I do need the blood of Jesus. You're poor and you're miserable because of one sin, let alone a thousand or a million. You're destitute. You're bankrupt spiritually. And not a single iota of a chance of salvation without Jesus Christ. Brethren, that's the mindset you need to ingrain in your head, lest you think yourself too good, too highly. We deserve that. But through Jesus, our wretched lives are free from such. That's the thanksgiving that we have. And that's the mindset that there is no condemnation to those in Christ. Well, here's another reason that is given for us. He says in verse 2 that the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus made me free from the law of sin and death. Stop and think about this. Remember, again, back in chapter 7, Paul was saying those things. Here's the law, and I agree with the law, But what the law did for me is it gave me an understanding that I'm guilty of it. And now, what hope do I have? You know, before I was a Christian, Mitch Davis lived the way he wanted. There's no consequence. Now, I do remember times when I would have to pray to God because of my sins. I prayed that this would not happen to me because of my choice and what have you. I didn't look at it as sin. I just looked at it as consequences for my actions that I didn't like. I didn't want my girlfriend to be pregnant. I wasn't thinking that my soul was lost. But when I know the law, and I agree that the law is good, and now I realize, you know what, I shouldn't be doing this. The Christians are Christians that still do it. There are Christians that know fornication is sinful and still commit fornication. There are Christians that know stealing is wrong and they still steal. There are Christians that realize that lying and cheating and hating your brother are all wrong and sinful. And guess what? Christians still do it. Anyone in here Having obeyed the gospel, never sinned before. Let me know. I'll stop the sermon right now. And you can come up here with the elders' permission. Let us know how you did it. Let us know how you can live without the Lord's blood. Even after becoming a Christian. After becoming a child of God. Because I'm going to tell you right now, First John chapter 1, when you read verse 7 following, it's not a matter of if we sin although it's using the word if. Practically speaking, it's when you sin. You have an advocate in Jesus' Christ. That is not an excuse for it. It's not an excuse to go out and sin. But I want you to know what it does do. And this is very helpful for the Jews and their mindset. The Jews had the mindset of, of living according to the law, but Paul said, listen, there is this law, but that law, all it did was shackle me. I knew I was guilty of sin. It did not do anything for me. But thanks be to God, through Jesus Christ, there's no condemnation. There's a third reason. And this ties into that second one right here. The law could not do what Jesus Christ did, what God did through Jesus Christ. You see, the law could let us know, here's what is right and here's what is wrong. I mean, isn't that what the old law is? When you read the book of Leviticus, Here's what is holy and unholy. Here's how you worship God when you, when you um, make those sacrifices, Leviticus 1 through 6. And here's what the law says. This is how you do it, so you do it in a holy manner. And here's how you live your life in a holy manner. But what the law could not do was because of our flesh. The law couldn't save us from our flesh. It could only reveal how sinful sin is. That's the only thing law could do. Just reveal that information to us. And that is why he says in verse 3, what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. And by the way, the translations in English, it's hard to translate this from, from a Greek mind thought. This is not putting fault on the law. This is putting fault on the flesh. The law couldn't save man through his simple flesh. It was a revelation of, of God's will, of what was true. But what the law couldn't do, Christ did. God, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, that is, in the likeness of man, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 following, that he said, in the likeness of man, sinful man, the fleshly man, Here's what he did. He condemned sin in the flesh. That's why when you read of Jesus Christ, not just as the Son of God, but you read him as the Son of Man, here he is, God in the flesh, Emmanuel. That's what he did. Because of what he did, there's no condemnation to those in Christ. But there's one more aspect, and this is where... The apostle brings this point home because he wants to make clear from chapter 6, when those who have been buried in Christ, raised to walk in newness of life, here's the last part, and this is the part he's focusing on right here. He says in verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Well, he said that because of what's given in verse 4. Verse 4 says, here's the one. The righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. So those who walk according to the flesh, if we're to go through this real quick, notice what he says. Those who walk according to the flesh, it's because of your mind. It's not been transformed. It's not been converted to the Lord yet. Stop and consider, brethren, when you're weak. And you're not just, when I say weak, I'm not talking about from the standpoint that, um, you know, we, we're all guilty of sin at some point. I'm talking about that you're continuously tempted by sin, whatever the sin may be. It might be hatred, it might be arrogance, it might be pride, it might be immorality, impurity of some sort. Whatever it is, there are those temptations. When your mind is constantly dwelling on these things, you're going to walk according to them. You're going to give in to those temptations. The fruit of the, or the fruit, if you will, of the flesh, the works of the flesh, Galatians 5, verse 19 through 21, all those things that we could list there. Or go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, or go on to other passages that, that list, if you will, the works of the flesh. It's because the mind is on it. That's what happens. And any brother or sister in Christ, no matter how strong you think you are, you can be guilty of this very thing. Brethren, I know this to be true. I know of brothers and sisters in Christ who everyone just put on a pedestal. Preachers, elders, deacons, certain Bible class teachers that have been looked upon so highly over years and decades, and they find out this brother in Christ or that sister in Christ had been living in sin for years. It happens. They don't live that way just with a here or there weakness. Their minds are set on the flesh. When you walk in the flesh, it's because your mind is there on the flesh. This is the mindset of death, we are told. We're also told that this is the mindset that is hostile toward God. This is the very mind that brings forth death to so many because of that influence. Those who walk in the flesh ultimately are not subject to God nor His laws because their mind is not focused on pleasing Him. Their mind is not focused on walking according to their righteous requirement of the law. Their mind is set on the things of the flesh. And brethren, if this is you, and you might have a wonderful picture that everyone says, you're just a wonderful brother or a wonderful sister in Christ, you deceive yourself. And I deceive myself if this is the way I live. Imagine having tasted salvation. Think about this. You have life given to you, this new lease on life. To ever go back, I cannot even conceive of that. I can see how brethren can be weak and may sin from time to time, but that's not the walk. That's not the walk of someone who realizes there's no condemnation in Jesus Christ and that I walk with the Lord. I, as we were looking at this morning and last Wednesday, imitate God by walking in love, by walking in in the Spirit by walking in the light, by walking in wisdom. But those who walk in the flesh don't think this one. And there are Christians that have not learned to walk in the Spirit yet. There are some Christians that have made a decision to walk in the flesh. I remember a brother in Christ. He had been a Christian for a number of years. I said a number of years. About three, four, five, six years. In his early 20s. And he determined to walk in the flesh. See, well, because I, I want to know what it's like. I thought, how in the world can you think that way? There are those that will walk in the flesh. You can't be pleasing to God. Brethren, when you're not pleasing to God, you become his enemy, just as mentioned, because your mindset is hostile toward him. And if you're not pleasing to God, you have no fellowship with Him because you're not walking with Him. And that mind needs to be renewed. Miss Janie was saying in our Bible class, you know, I was asking the question, well, how is it you keep from being deceived by certain people? Well, you have your mindset set on the Lord and to be renewed daily. That's what Scriptures tell us. But if your mind is set on the flesh, you cannot be pleasing to God. So, opposite, naturally, is given for us here in Romans 8 when you read verses 2 through 5. We're told here in verse 2 following. I'm going to reread this text. In fact, let me just back up to verse 1 again. There is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death... For what the law could not do in the uh, by sending, or that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, if I were to add, set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor can can it be. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you're not in flesh, but in the Spirit. If the Spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness, and that's what we're focused on here. The body is dead because of sin. You put it to death when you are baptized into Christ because you believe that he was the risen Savior of this world, and he died for your sins, and you believe that he is the Christ. He is the Savior. He is that Messiah. And you're willing to to walk with Him, walk following after Him, putting away that sinful deed of man. He's buried. This new man that we put on is the one that has fellowship with God. It's full of life, peace or fellowship, if you will, with God. So what am I going to do? I'm going to walk this way. I'm determined to walk after my Lord. Galatians 5 verse 22 tells us what the fruit of the Spirit is. And then goes on to say, and against such, there is no law. When you walk with the Lord, He, if you will, is your law. He's your guide. He's your revelation. And that's why you're set with your walk. Your mind is set on life and peace. No law, which a person lives according to the Spirit, can condemn you. Nothing there's no brother and sister in Christ that can look at you and tell you this, because God is going to be your judge. Now, they can tell you from a standpoint of encouraging you from, from truth, if you will, they can tell you here's how you ought to live. But they're not going to be your judge in the judgment day. It's the Lord who's going to be that judge. And that's why there is no law to which a person who lives according to the Spirit is going to be condemned. No law will condemn because that person is in Christ. He walks. This is his course of life. This is his lifestyle in the Spirit, according to the Spirit, in the way of Jesus Christ, not according to any other teaching under heaven. And so I need for us to really think about this, particularly for our brothers and sisters in Christ who have just obeyed the gospel. Set your mind on the Spirit. You cannot be baptized in the Christ and then go on living the way you want, you walk with the Lord. And as a child of God, you imitate him. And as an imitator of God, you'll be hated for the namesake of our Savior, but you will gain that everlasting life that you long for, that I long for.